0: Welcome to Freedom From Attachment, Living Fulfilled, Happy, and in Love with your host, author, entrepreneur, and behavioral relationship expert, Tracy Crossley. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to share some comments from some of Tracy's clients that have worked with her in both group coaching situations and one-on-one coaching. And to reach out to Tracy for a discovery session, please email her at happiness at tracycrossley.com. That's happiness at tracycrossley.com. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening.
1: My aunt had told me about Tracy's podcast deal with it over a year ago. I've been listening to it ever since. So after my last breakup, I said, that's it, and decided to take the leap of faith and do coaching with Tracy. Tracy helps you break through and question your feelings and emotions and get to the root cause of those. I'm thankful for all that I have realized about myself. Thanks to her. If you are noticing that you keep attracting the same type of relationships and you just can't figure out why it's time to figure it out. Tracy will help you get there. All righty. Hey, everybody. I'm trying to make sure my recording is working. I keep trying different applications because they all seem to fail. So, hopefully, it will not in the middle of me recording this podcast. And today, of course, we're always talking about attachment. And I have changed the name of my uh, podcast. Yes. I have changed it and what it has changed to is called freedom from attachment. Yeah, I like that better because everybody who shows up to work with me or, you know, listens to the podcast, everybody's looking for freedom, right? Looking for freedom from attachment and living a fulfilled, happy and in love life. So it's called living fulfilled, happy and in love is the second line. But yeah, just real quick freedom from attachment. All right? So anyway, I'm back again with number episode, what are we on? Number 584. Yes. Yes, 584, and it is called I have my act together, but I cannot shake the feeling that something is wrong with me. I lived most of my life that way, right? What is wrong with me? Something must be wrong with me because certain things don't work out, or I'm always put in a position where people are going to find out about me. So I'm, you know, I'm really excited about this. And today's topic has seeds in imposter syndrome, because it's about the disconnect on the inside. The work has been done on the outside, right? A lot of times we are seeking to solve a problem externally rather than internally, we just want someone to tell us what to do just tell me what to do it doesn't really work very well when you do that because you're intellectualizing something that you're not going to get you're not going to get where you want to go that way okay so you can look great you can take care of yourself let's say you do whatever it is to give the impression that you have your life together but your personal life is a train wreck or it's non-existent right? Maybe you put everything you have into your job. So this is going to be more about talking about moving out of that feeling that you are totally flawed, fatally flawed, in some way that you have to keep secret that you don't want anybody finding out about, and into a confidence that has nothing to do with how well you do something. Because I think for most of us, it's all this judgment, oh, I've got to do this well. So let me open this up. To where we start in. So your focus has been to be successful. And you might have been admiring that quality since childhood, like I did, absolutely. Or at least you believe others do admire you, maybe in your family, maybe not. It's a double-edged sword because you never slow down and sit down or anything, which would let other people know how real you are, right? Because a lot of times we're trying to hide the real, We're trying to put out the facade we think looks good as real, you know, like, oh, I'm down to earth, I'm direct, I'm, you know, whatever. And we try to be that, but not honestly, okay? And it can really suck because you don't feel connected to yourself. So you may think you are real, but how close are you to other people emotionally? A lot of us will think we have emotional bonds that We really don't. And I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying like a lot of times we have this illusion about what we think a bond is. And when we really look at it, we find, oh, you know what? There's not really that same emotional bond that I thought I had here, especially when you start doing this kind of work. Uh, I look at how your love relationships are, you know, and I'm not just talking about intimate love relationships. I'm talking about any love relationship. How real are you? How are you showing up? What's happening? Okay. People getting too close can give them an opportunity to see behind the curtain. And that can feel really scary, especially if you don't feel safe. If you're insecurely attached and anxious, you may believe there's a false sense of safety that's all in your head. And you may think you are vulnerable but in truth, it is all about fearing abandonment. And if you fear abandonment, then you're not really going to be seen for who you are. You're going to hide that. You're going to want to show something that other people will accept, or at least in your head, okay? That has nothing, again, to do with the reality. It's the reality in your head. And so when you fear abandonment like that, you uh, cannot shake something that is so deeply flawed in you in your own mind. So the deep flaw, by the way, is not what other people have told you, or maybe they have, maybe people have, you know, given you evidence, see, you are all fucked up. Well, the truth is you are creating that by how you show up. I can be super successful, but if I don't believe in myself, if I don't see myself clearly, the positive and the negative, then I am missing out on a connection to myself because then I'm always striving to be somewhere else other than where I am. So as an example, me, I lived this way for years, didn't know it and would always look at others as the issue. I was never the issue. I think I've said this in every podcast I had, right? Until I realized I was the issue. And it was, oh, okay, I think you're fucked up. I'm not fucked up. And I would always feel like I was afraid of being found out that I was really the one that was screwed up. Okay. And I could bring a sense of awareness in words because I didn't even, you know, like I I could try to, but I didn't even know what that meant. And a lot of times we hear that explanation. And I used to hear that, like, bring it inward, bring it inward. And I didn't even, under- I, I couldn't even put that together. Like I would intellectualize it, analyze more. Okay. I'm, I'm going to, you know, think about it, right? I'm going to think hard about it. And then I would get nowhere, just totally nowhere and basically end up in the same place. So I had no awareness that I thought I had. I thought I was really self-aware and I really wasn't. And uh, (laughs) so I just walked around in my life totally in a place of not, wanting any of my flaws to show working super hard to cover them up and and really putting all of my energy into what I knew I could be successful at you know I was successful at sales and marketing I was su- successful in terms of business to a certain degree and then not at all I had all of this energy and If I put my mind to something, I'd be like, okay, I can do it. And I would. I I was a force of nature. But I was miserable on the inside. My personal life was a total disconnect. And I didn't understand the first thing about what I wanted. Like I said, I wanted to be close. But all my actions and everything I did did not allow me to do that. So that idea that I could be found out that was huge. It kept me running all the time. And I was always performing to be that person That I thought was acceptable to other people, especially when I had, you know, a situation I worked for my uh, father at one point um, and he had decided he wanted to retire and the company was going to be run by his partner son and a competitor. Yeah, because that's what you do, right? You get a competitor in there, too. (laughs) basically destroy your business. But anyway, um, and and not that it's all one person, it was many, many things that destroyed the business in the end. But the thing was these two men, I was in my early 30s at the time, I was 30 actually, I had just turned 30. And I just remember they would berate me, they would beat me up. Um, I was one of the top salespeople and they didn't like how I operated. They wanted, as they said, they told me, we want to break you. And at the time, I mean, I, I, my mind like was a steel trap. <laughs> I'm not saying this is a good thing, by the way, I'm saying my, my way of being was, I was like a freight train. Okay. So I was going to prove everybody wrong. Nobody's going to break me. I was already freaking mess. Cause I had gone through my divorce at 30 and I, I was a mess and so I was trying to figure out who I was and all of that. but I had these people criticizing me all the time. Even as successful as I could be, they were criticizing me. and then they complained to my dad about me who would freak out and think I was doing all these horrible things that I never really was. Like it was a reminder of childhood. like I used to get in trouble for all sorts of things and I'm like, I didn't do anything. you know I'd always have this like, what did I do? Um, because my whole thing was to be perfect to cover up my flaws so nobody could ever criticize me, okay? Obviously that didn't work. So that was a, you know an example of I just didn't feel safe anywhere, you know, and I seemed to always pick situations with successful men who always wanted to offer their advice in a certain way. And then I would hear it like I was a total failure. I was a total screw up, okay? So as long as I felt the way I did, someone will always tell you, sooner or later, they're gonna call you out on it, and that's what happened. Like I'm saying in these situations, I was called out on it all the freaking time. And then I'd feel like, oh my God, everything I've done is nothing, it's worthless. And I would just feel like I, you know, uh, basically couldn't win. And in truth, unless I was a secret ax murderer, it's all meaningless, all this worry all this concern, all this caring, what other people thought about me, it was just bullshit. But I lived this way. I lived by the sword of others. Wisdom nugget, drop the facade and be you. I almost read that backwards. Be you with no act, no barbed wire and a welcome sign to love. Yes, to love. Okay. What's this? Did I put a problem in here? I did not. Oh, here. (laughs) This is called me skipping on my outline. So why is this a problem? Living this way is limiting and you can't have a full experience of life living in an emotional hiding space. You can't. You have to emotionally live your life or you're really not even getting the full experience of your own emotions and you're not in a space of freedom emotionally. Okay. Attachment issues make it super hard. You know, insecure attachment affects us in so many different ways. And this is just another way that it does. We, we're we insecurely attached to ourselves. Yeah. We're insecurely attached over here, over there, but yeah, inside. And that's a problem. So the idea that you can be found out is huge and it's going to have you performing or being the person again, like myself, that you feel I've got to be acceptable. And It can go back to parents' criticisms. Uh, It can go back to a cultural thing. It can go back to the environment you were raised in. It can go back to so many things that set this foundation that you're not good enough, right? And I've talked about that in a previous podcast. It's about your own lack of acceptance about you and your fear of being found out about it. And that you will put yourself in a position to keep pouring resources, time, energy into being successful in the place that you think you can be, right? A lot of workaholics, they're workaholics in the area of work because that's where they feel they can be successful, where they feel they have control, where somebody's not going to find out about them and they can have a personal life that's a total train wreck. Either they're not putting time into it or they're avoiding it altogether right? Like no personal life instead of, you know, not putting time into it. I would think you'd be in a relationship or married or something. You're just not around, um, you know, or when you are around, you're completely cut off from your personal life, right? You show up physically, but you're emotionally checked out and you're probably still focused on work. And these are the things we do because that is the area you feel you have control. Otherwise you don't feel like you have control. Yeah is a problem because you're not living a full life you're living half-life and again insecure attachment issues it's like oh i used to bury myself in work are you kidding me oh i'd rather bury myself in work than have a relationship that gives me anxiety and makes me feel like shit okay so that's what a lot of people do so let's get to (laughs) now we can do a solution i don't know why i just skipped over the whole section all righty i am not perfect folks And I'm okay with that. So, God, it's so funny because I say that. And in the old days, I would feel all this shame, like, oh, my God, what did I do? Now, it's like I don't feel, not that I don't feel anything, I kind of laugh. That's what I feel like. Oh, my gosh, Tracy. All right. So, solution starts with what constitutes your act being together. Where did you get the idea that this is the only acceptable way to be? So, whether you're a CEO or you're an assistant or you're whatever, because it isn't necessarily always work. It could be how you are at home, not necessarily. Now I'm taking this a little bit out of context. Your personal life is your personal life. Obviously you're at home, it's personal life in a sense, unless you work from home like I do. But when you're at home, I mean, you could still be trying to excel. It does, but your personal relationships are the issue. So maybe I should say personal relationships are what are affected and so a lot of us we will you know when i was a stay-at-home mom oh my god i invested so much time in cleaning the floorboards with a toothbrush you know in trying to make everything perfect that was where i was trying to be successful i'm always trying to be successful somewhere that doesn't require emotions because i felt like such a failure when it came to relationships that was difficult and so for you What you want to look at is, the, you know, take these questions that I ask whenever I ask questions, it's not necessarily so you sit and think about it. It's so you sit and feel about it. You want to start with what constitutes your act together. What is that list of items? Okay, let's see. I make a certain amount of money. Maybe I dress a certain way. Maybe I own certain material items. Uh, Maybe I speak without a certain kind of accent. I mean, there's all sorts of things, right? I'm just throwing shit out there. Maybe I have 100 friends and they're basically all acquaintances. Uh, You know, what is it that determines you having your act together? And then I want you to look at where did you get the idea that this is the only acceptable way to be because you've set a goal and you're trying to get to that goal or be with that goal. And so there's this idea that you have to be a certain person. Right. So you want to look at, well, what is that? Right. What? Why? Where did this come from? If you can get granular with what added up to make the perfect you, then, you know, maybe it was in school or friends or, you know, something like that, and you wanted to fit in and you didn't feel like it, you felt weird, and so you worked really hard to be perfect and popular. Maybe you dress a certain way. It's how you carry yourself. Like Just look at all of the things that you think make up the perfect you, even if you are not perfect you are almost perfect in your mind however you equate that look at those characteristics look where it came from and then take the next step look at your fear of not being this perfect person and of course it's not perfect in the sense because people go I'm not perfect but a lot of people say it and don't mean it we feel like we should be perfect in some part of our life and that's usually where we invest the most time in fact where we don't feel perfect we usually are running from it okay So you wanna look at your fear of not being perfect. Is it that you know you gotta look at who's gonna be upset by that? That's the first question. Who's gonna be upset by that if I'm not perfect? Who's gonna criticize you if you're not perfect? Who would abandon you if you're not perfect? It doesn't matter if this is real or imagined, it's about what you're experiencing in your head. So when you start to work on the fears, because it's always the fears that hold us in the place that we're in, You may not get to a deeper level. You might still go round and round in circles in the same stories in your head. And you, you know, you might have a fear of not being what you think you need to be to get to emotional freedom. And so you might say, well, maybe I don't need to do that, or maybe I don't really need to have a relationship, you know, that's functional, or maybe I don't need a relationship at all. Maybe I'm just going to work my whole life and be Scrooge. (laughs) not Scrooge's personality, but the dude was married to his work, right? Right. So if you're totally stuck and you feel like that, okay. But if you're stuck and you're like, I could use some help, then email Erin, Erin, E-R-I-N at tracycrossley.com to talk about how we can help. But only email if you actually believe things can change for you. When people want help, it's great to help people, But we can't help people who don't actually have a vision for being helped themselves. It's just like, you can't do anything. I can't force anybody to, you know, do what we offer, right? I can't force somebody to do anything. So you have to look at, where am I at? And then you have to look at, okay, I'm not really ready to get help, or I don't want to get help. Then you want to look at your fear of that, because you want to look at, really, what is the fear of change? Of being who you really are, you know, of authentically being who you are, of having a train, not a train wreck for a personal life, you know, of having a functional train, a, I keep saying train wreck, <laughs> having a functional personal life. Okay. So you want to look at that, like, what's my fear? Oh, it might be mundane. It might be boring. I might not get what I want. I need validation from lots of people who tell me that I'm successful and I'm good. And if I don't have that, then what am I going to have? Right? So you have to, those are like the kinds of fears. And you might fear some other kind of loss, financial or something that you're not respected. You have to look at what are the fears of loss that I have? Okay, so what did I do? Well, I had to break it down piece by piece. Like everything I'm telling you guys, I've had to do it. And it was really tough because I held on to certain things that I thought were more presentable than me. Well, if I was that kind of person, you know, like when I was in junior high, my best friend, I know I've said this before, was like the nicest person on the face of the planet. I always thought I was not. I always thought I was mean or something. And I wasn't mean. Like I was not a mean person. It's how I felt about myself, right? And since I felt this way about myself, it was, <laughs> it was like, okay, um, I could not get past that for a long, long time. And it kept me stuck because who could like me? who could really like me if I was me? Because I'm a mean person. I'd been told I was mean growing up. So I thought there was something in me that said I was mean when I really wasn't ever mean. In fact, people as an adult have gone, you're never mean. You've never been mean. I'm kind of quiet in my personal life. I'm usually funny. Um, (laughs) It's part of my life. um, But that's what I do, right? So the thing is, I had to learn who I was. I had to break down all the fears and I had to start acting in ways that supported it. See, that's what I mean like the solution. I don't give you guys like 20 steps in the solution because you gotta get to the first steps. My solutions are always the first steps and I took a long time to get through those steps I just talked about because it was one thing to become aware of these things, it was another thing to do something about it and that was really scary. And I feel in some ways I was pushed Um, I don't like to say, oh, the universe pushes you around, but it's more like external circumstances pushed me to do the internal work because I didn't feel like I had a choice at certain points because I'd run out of strategies. I'd run out of problem-solving techniques. I wanted to have a whole life that worked, not just part of a life that worked or appeared to work. I was in a lot of pain or I was numb. And so trading either of those in, it just kind of kept me on the same place, the same pattern. Am I numb today? Or am I, you know, anxious today? What am I? So I really had to break down a lot of the fears that I had, because that's what drove my life. And I wasn't willing to admit that for many, many years. So what's the wisdom nugget again, drop the facade and be with and be you with no act, no barbed wire and a welcome sign to love. Yeah why we're here right okay you have a universal right you have a right to be someone else and live a life in fear that someone or something will criticize you or that you'll be alone or you can be out there with your heart wide open knowing you can handle whatever comes your way because you can what's the wrap-up well the wrap-up is this is all about having your shit together and what it means it only means something to you and you have to look at the weight you put on it why your why and where it originated from. You can have a whole other existence, one where you can you don't have to have your shit together as an illusion, and one where you do not care if people believe it or not. Because the more you believe you, not that you're talking yourself into something or lying to yourself, but the you that is really there that you don't have to try and be, then you will find that people are attracted to that, maybe not the same people, That people are attracted to that and they want to be around it because they always know what they're going to get. You know, when you're full of shit, people really don't know what they're going to get with you and they probably don't trust you and you don't trust you because you don't know what you're going to do, right? Your words and actions aren't matching and that's a big part of it and that's so hard for people. So I got two related podcasts, number 283, Journey of Attachment, What Do You Really Fear? And number 437, Journey of Attachment, Imposter Syndrome in Relationships. Yes. Yes, we've done this before, haven't we? But anyways, folks, you all take care and I will be back next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening. If you have any questions about today's show, reach out to Tracy at info at If you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating so it can be heard by more people. And to find out more about her programs, workshops, coaching, and her new book entitled Overcoming Insecure Attachment, visit TracyCrossley.com.